Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 968, air date June 14th, 2021. All right, everyone. Good evening. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. We are going to start shortly, and we're going to wait for a number of people to come in. Again, welcome. Uh, good evening. We're going to be talking about how Biden and Trump both got million uh, million dollars uh, from Big Pharma, at least. So let's wait for people to uh, log in here. Thank you. Let's see what's going on here. All right. All right, everyone, good evening. We're going to start shortly. We're waiting for people to come in. We're going to be speaking about how Trump and Biden got a million dollars from Big Pharma. And it'll really help people understand the interconnections between whether it's left or right, Republican or Democrat. There is a WWF wrestling going on, and it's very, very easy to get caught into that. So we're just going to wait until people log in. And uh, so let's see what happens. Okay. So let me... uh, I also have a friend of us joining today. Let me see if he's coming in. All right, everyone, we have a friend of us joining here. Good to have you. Um, Frank, are you coming in? All right, everyone, good evening. It's Dr. Shiva. I hope everyone's doing well. I actually have a... uh, uh, a meeting, uh, our, we do our live Monday evening meetings today, so I want to welcome everyone for joining us. But we're going to be doing a discussion today on really intersecting facts. And so I want to elevate the conversation and the, and the political um, consciousness of people to really help people understand how the relationship between government and big corporations has become so blurred which came out in our lawsuit between government and Twitter, where government ends and where Twitter begins. Nobody really knows anymore. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And uh, I have a guest uh, of me joining today also, uh, Frank Licata, who is a hardworking electrician who worked on the Trump campaign extremely hard. So Frank, um, Frank, you're there, right? 
Let me add, uh, Frank, Frank, you want to say hello to everyone on the stream? Hey, Dr. Shiva, how are you? Good oh, to good. see you. Good to have you, Frank. So, Frank, let me just give the intro and I'll come back to you. Okay, so you just hold on. Sure. All right. So, to everyone listening, one of the most important things to understand is that our lawsuit in Massachusetts, which is a historic lawsuit, is bringing out something quite profound. And what that lawsuit is bringing out is that where government ends and a big corporation like Twitter begins, nobody knows anymore. So I want everyone to really start looking at this from a system standpoint. You know, today at 7 p.m., every Monday evening, I teach our systems course. It's part of the BASHIVA.com platform. And we're, our intention here is to really elevate the conversation, elevate people politically, because the American working class is being completely taken advantage of by both parties, Republican and Democrat, Trump and Biden, Bernie and Cruz, whatever you want, whatever name you want to assign to it. And those people want to get this. We have an opportunity to actually liberate ourselves by building a bottoms up movement. We have to let go of all of these political parties. It's one big shit show. It's one big WWF wrestling. And Frank will talk to you about the journey he went through and, and what made him come to the realization. Frank will talk to you about he went to every VIP event Trump had. He he put up thousands, tens of thousands of signs, was an avid supporter. And I gave money to Trump. Many of you gave money to Trump. And on the left, there are people who supported Obama. There are people who supported Sanders, not about Trump. This is about the fact that we have two political parties, which are both part of big government, which control the dialogue, which essentially work with big corporations where the blurring has become in such a way that you don't even know where big pharma begins and where government ends, where big, where big Twitter or big tech begins, where government ends. And if you can start seeing this deeper understanding, it'll evaporate all this nonsense where people become cult-like to Bernie, cult-like to Al Sharpton, cult-like to Biden or cult-like to Trump, cult-like to DeSantis or any one of these parties. And what I want people to start thinking about is think about, I didn't have a chance to do this diagram, which I wanted to, I'll probably do it on a follow-up call or, or a, a lecture here. But if you want to think about big corporations over here, and you want to think about government over here. They have created such linkages that corporations fund politicians and government. Government in return gives them certain access and benefits. And they've done this collusion in such a way that government can sometimes say, oh, we didn't do it, the private company did it. That's what's happening on with our very important lawsuit. Everyone should go to winbackfreedom.com and support this lawsuit. And, and our goal is everyone should just give $1. That's all we're looking for, $1, because we want to build a movement. So I'm putting that link there. So the point here is this, that what we discovered in factual documents, and I'm going to share facts about Biden and Trump here. So everyone who has any concerns about the facts can have an opportunity to look at it and essentially have a detox of both of these parties. But what we discovered was that the government has given Twitter, has given big tech Section 230 immunity. And in relation, in, in return for that, Twitter and big tech has given government the ability to censor the speech of Americans. Government can do this. So where government ends and Twitter begins, nobody knows. That's what we want to elevate the discussion about. And more importantly, and I, I can do a whole nother lecture on this, the American working class is the most dangerous working class to the elite because the American working class, unlike any other working class in the world, has the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. 
And so over the last 50 to 60 years, the elites have been working very, very hard to brainwash the American working class, distracting them with celebrities, Hollywood, entertainment, reality show stars, the left and the right, Republican and Democrat. And what you're going to see in, in, in today's thing is that these guys will say anything and they'll, in fact, get you drawn in to their WWE wrestling. And if you get drawn into that, the big elephant in the room is always going to be missed. In this case, we're going to use a case study of Big Pharma. Big Pharma was going down the tubes. And what we're going to share with you is that Trump and Biden, both who got $1 million. And when I put this out there, people had certain incredulity. Where are you getting those facts? Well, I'm going to share you those facts. So there's beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I challenge all of you who did have a concern with, oh, this is not true. Trump didn't take a million dollars. Well, after I show that to you, I encourage you to call in. We can talk about it because we want to have open discussion and debate. We don't want to be blindsided from the blind. You know, we don't want to be cens censoring others from the left or the right. Every the, the people on the right say that the left censors. And I see when I put out the facts about Trump, there are a vocal minority of quote unquote Trumpers who want to attempt to censor me and trying to tell me to shut the hell up. Well, those of you who know me, regardless of what the consequences are to me, I don't care about you know gathering followers. I will always tell the truth. It's not about followers, it's about building a movement. This is about recognizing the truth and the facts of how we build a movement. So that's why we've created the VA Shiva platform where we Every Monday evenings, you know, I work a full day this uh, evening from 7 to 10 p.m. Another three hours, I start my next day. We're going to be educating hundreds of people across the world on why we need to build a bottoms up movement. We're going to be educating people on the science of systems. And that's what that's the foundations. And then we've created a platform underground in our own data center, independent of big tech, where people, the alumni of this training get to interact. And then we're creating on the ground activism. So if you want to be part of that, great. But part of that is what I do, try to do at least once a day, sometimes I miss because if I get busy, is to always take a topic and to educate all of you from a system standpoint. And if we can understand the system's nature of life, then we can actually start to figure out truth for ourselves. So let me bring in Frank. Frank, maybe, uh, Frank, are you there? Hey, Frank. Frank can't hear you. Hold on, let me unmute you. There we go. Yeah. So Frank, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm up here in Andover, Massachusetts. So Frank, maybe we just want to, because I don't have a lot of time and I have some slides set up, but maybe we can take a couple of minutes and if you can walk through people, you know, that you weren't really that political, you got politicized by the Trump campaign of 2016, our campaign, and if you can just share with people very briefly how you got into that and the immense amount of work you did on that campaign and then what really happened in 2020. And then more recently, what got you to your conclusions? Go ahead, Frank. Sure. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, as you said, I entered politics in uh, 2015 uh, when Trump came down the escalators. I basically was part of his campaign as a very active volunteer for a year and a half. Uh, I, I spent uh, working primarily New Hampshire, but also Massachusetts as well, where we supported New Hampshire. Um, numerous tasks. I mean, everybody, uh, and it was uh, a true grassroots uh, campaign. Uh, come re-election time for us, 2020, we all got kicked to the curb and the uh, RNC took over and said, we'll take it from here. So that's basically what happened. But I, I spent a year and a half 
pretty much full time, unpaid as a volunteer, doing anything and everything they needed me to do. Um, and it was it was truly a movement, and you know, or so I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was you know the outside agent of change and and so forth. Uh, I was most impressed by the uh, the fact that he did not hold office before and he didn't need the job, much as with your campaigns. That's a similarity. Um, uh, you know, somebody that is not a politician is basically who I like. And I, actually, I was not affiliated with any political party. I've always been conservative, voted that way, but I only became a Republican for Trump because they were uh, looking for delegates and so Frank, but what was the thing that changed your thing? And can you tell people how much work you did on the Trump campaign and then what happened? Yeah. Uh, well, it was on, it was everything. It was on the ground with the signs, like you said earlier. Uh, I can't even remember large billboards type signs we did uh rallies setting up rallies uh and there was quite a few i went to something like uh, working you know not as a guest but as a as a, as a worker uh, it was pretty neat got to meet the, the future president his family and all. i thought it was, it was pretty nice but it was a lot of work but there was a lot of people that were doing the same thing we're all like kind of we had this camaraderie you know where we all we all were on a mission we didn't know what the so, so Frank, what was the turning point? If we can, what was the turning point for you? I think the turning point actually was 2020 when they basically just kicked us all to the curb, you know, because we just figured, well, we did so well in 2016 and beat all the odds. Why wouldn't you want to have that again for re-election? But it was almost like they didn't want to win. It's like, all right, you guys are done. You know, RNC GOP will we'll take over from here. <laughs> so great. Yeah, that's what right. I think. So, so let's, yeah. So, um, and then you helped out with our campaign. So let, let me go to the PowerPoint deck because people are eager to see that. So let's 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 go right into this. So uh, let me bring this up. I'm going to uh, share the screen here. All right. So um, I'm going to give you an economic systems analysis. And um, some of this I shared, uh, some parts of this I shared before, but some of you may not have seen it. So let's just go right into this, okay? So if you... Uh, if we go here, one of the things we see is, by the way, if everyone wants to know more about the platform, go to VA Shiva and on vashiva.com, you can check everything out. But let's just go right into the bottom line here. Now, many of you know that for many, many years out of my PhD work at MIT, uh, I created a platform called Cytosol. Now, what is Cytosol and where did Cytosol emerge from? Cytosol really emerged from an understanding of recognizing the entire uh, development model of medicines particularly any type of medicines, nutraceuticals, pharmaceuticals, was being done in a very, very uh, medieval manner. So let me walk you through that, okay? And when I share that, what I mean by that medieval manner, let me bring up the PowerPoint if I can bring it up, yeah. So if you look at this, uh, and this is sort of background information everyone really needs to understand, um, and what you'll see here is that, and what you'll see here is the following, that the entire drug development model works in the following way. And by the way, what is a pharmaceutical? A pharmaceutical is a drug that does not, uh, or a chemical compound that does not exist in nature, okay? So a chemical compound that doesn't exist in nature could be something like Lipitor or something like ibuprofen. Something that exists in nature is something like um, vitamin C, right? Or zinc, right? These are minerals that exist in nature. Now, when a new compound is created, synthesized, the drug development industry needs to go through this very, very, uh, very, very 
long drawn out process to get that compound, which is called the new compound to the market. Let's say that compound is something like, you know, Advil, right? So, which is by the way, a generic drug right now. So what do they have to do? They have to take that new compound. And the first thing they have to do is they'll file for a patent. All right. Second thing they they'll do is um, they will then have to do testing in a test tube. That's called in vitro testing, in vitro, in vitro. If you want to uh, quickly note that, that means in a test tube. Okay. So in vitro testing gets done. And that'll take a couple of years where in the test tube, they have to show, for example, if trying to say, hey, this reduces pain or inflammation in a test tube, they will create the environment where they're creating some cells with inflammatory response. They'll drop, let's say, ibuprofen in. And if, if it makes sense and it's, the data is matching what they predicted, that'll take a couple of years. And they go into what's called in vivo testing, which means they test this on animals, okay? Now you have testing taking place in animals. That could take three, four years, hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Depending on how long you do the testing and the extent of it. And that's called in vivo testing. So again, you're looking at that process from the synthesis of the product to the in vivo, that could take around five, six years. After that, the pharmaceutical company then needs to go file for what's called clinical testing. Clinical testing means that they have to test on humans. Before they can do that, between this point right here that you can see here between the in vivo and the CRO, which means clinical research organization, they have to go to the FDA and they have to get approval or allowance to be specific, which means the FDA looks at their animal data and saying, okay, looks like you're not gonna kill uh, human beings. It's, it's not that toxic. You understand the dosages and that'll take a couple of years. So now you're into it about, you know, anywhere between six to seven years. And then they start human clinical trials. First trials are called phase one, small sets of humans, Phase two is larger sets of humans and phase three is many, many large, you know, hundreds of thousands of humans. So phase one, phase two, phase three. Okay. And after that, they spent, if you look at the numbers are close to $5 billion, 13 years. The drug, because patent life is only seven years, has at best, let's say seven years of uh, uh, patent life left. So if it costs them 5 billion bucks, and there's, let's say, 100,000 people who can take that drug. They have to sell that drug, you know, whatever the numbers are, 50,000 bucks or 500,000, whatever the numbers come out to be, to make back their money. All right. Well, and remember, for pharmaceutical drugs, you can actually sue the pharmaceutical company in courts, federal courts or state court, if they injure you. So think about it from the pharmaceutical company standpoint. It's a lot of money to get this drug out there and they can be liable and they can be sued okay and you can do that so this is the drug development process so everyone needs to understand this okay well this uh process is important to understand that this process uh requires not only money but it's it's not working it's a medieval process it's a medieval process meaning that it's an archaic process where uh the, it's not even using any real technology, all right? Particularly in these areas right here. So, and you can see the results of that process, that that orange line there represents that year over year, Big Pharma's been spending more and more and more money in trying to get new drugs through. And less and less of the pharmaceutical drugs are actually coming out. Even the FDA is not allowing drugs to come out.
okay, because of the side effects. So this is where pharmaceutical companies were up until, you know, the last 10 years. They know they're failing. The R&D process is old. It's not innovative. Um, and even the even as you can see in the purple line, even big pharma is not allowing those drugs through. Okay. So this is a reality that pharma has to face with every day. They're not making money from this very, very old archaic process. All right. Now, and you can see in this other diagram, same thing, the orange, uh, the, 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 the green line represents new molecular entities that are being allowed. And the yellow line represents more and more R and D. So that line's going up less and less new chemicals are being found. Here's another profound way of looking at it. The orange line here represents more and more money that pharmaceuticals come put in into this very old process and less and less new drugs are even being allowed by the FDA. You can see the downward trend. All right. Now, if you look at the global report, this came out just in the beginning of last year, right when this quote unquote epidemic was hitting. What does it say? Frank, can you read it? Can't see. I'm looking on my phone. It's very small. Okay. It says global report, top 20 pharma companies lost $2.6 trillion in market cap. What does that mean? That means on the stock market, these guys are tanking $2.6 trillion. By the way, that's the entire size of the weapons industry. Okay. So one quarter pharmaceutical companies lost $2.6 trillion. All right. So again, their methodology is old. It's medieval. They put more and more money into it. They're not making money back. And guess what? Their, their market value on the stock market is going down. All right. Uh, that's, that's what's going on in reality. All right. Now here's another thing you have for every $1 that pharmaceutical companies used to spend. Okay. On for every $1 pharmaceutical companies used to spend on R and D they used to get, if you notice 10 cents back. Okay. Now 10.1% return. Now they're only getting 1.8% return. All right. Vaccines are growing at a rate of 17% per year. Vaccines are growing at a rate of 17% per year. All right. That's what's going on here. Now, you also notice here, if you look at these companies, nearly the orange line represents how much they spend on R&D. And the blue line represents how much they spend on, uh, I'm sorry, the blue line, the blue graph represents the blue bar, how much they spend on R&D. And the orange graph is how much they spend on marketing. So you can see they're spending roughly double in some cases, like Johnson and Johnson on marketing because the entire drug development process is failing, right? So these are just data points and you can see the same thing here. These are other industries over here. Pharma spends roughly 30, 40% on marketing versus other industries. That's so, how we get bombarded with ads on TV all the time for these drugs. Right. That's why, that's why you get bombarded with ads. Okay. Um, so one of the things to understand is uh, this is the economics of it. Okay. This is the actual economics of it. So what you see here is when Lipitor, which was Pfizer's most top drug. Now, remember what I shared is uh, pharmaceutical companies. How do they work? Pharmaceutical companies. One of the important things is they make money off their patents. So they, when they put out a drug, they have 20 years for their patent life. And when that drug goes off patent, they come crashing and burning. So it takes them 15, 13, 12 years to build the drug. 
and they have a limited amount of time to make money. So what you see right here is in 2010, 11, Lipitor went off the market. You see that, Frank, how much revenue they dropped? Yeah. That's just one drug, okay? So less and less new drugs they're discovering and more and more of their drugs are coming off patent, okay? This is like a this is like a, 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 a an industry that's crashing and burning. All right. So now let's go to this uh, results, which is very important. What you see here is like twenty five billion dollars of what Pfizer lost in the last ten years. You can see that twenty five billion dollars from two thousand and eleven to twenty twenty. They lost, and in fact, in the last four years in 2016, they lost close to $10 billion, okay? So from the Trump, Trump took office, $10 billion, and over the last 2011 period, they lost close to, uh, you know, uh, uh, $25 billion, all right? All right, so yeah, and those people on Instagram, if you don't wanna be patient and don't wanna understand the background, then you can simply get off, okay? But the bottom line is you need to understand the background because Pfizer has been tanking and losing money. All right. And um, and I really have very little patience uh, for people who are basically at this point in their existence, stupid or dumb or ignorant. All right. So if you don't want to understand the knowledge, just get off. But here's the bottom line. Pfizer has been losing Lost $25 billion, Frank, you see that? In 10 years. This company is a tanking company, all right? That's what's actually happening on. So now let's get to the reality here. According to, with the jabs, uh, Bernstein Research was one of the most uh, respected research companies on Wall Street. They have predicted that in just one year, one year, what do you see? They're expected to make 15 billion. Okay, this was a prediction that was made about a year ago, okay, six months ago. Well, the recent data is that Pfizer is going to make $26 billion this year alone. So think about that. Pfizer is going to make, but this was a prediction about six months ago. So $40 billion, all of these failing pharma companies are going to make in one year. Pfizer will make around $15 billion, all right? So let's look at the Biden administration. Just two days ago, Biden announced, what did he announce? He's going to buy with American taxpayers' money 500 million doses of the Pfizer jab. That's going to be about, about $10 billion. So right there, Pfizer is going to get $10 billion. Biden was elected. When was he elected, Frank? In January of this year? Yeah, February, March, April, May, June. So in, in, in six months, he's delivering them a paycheck for around $10 billion. 10 billion bucks under. And if you read this article, let me go to it. It says President Biden is slated to announce a plan this week at the group of seven meeting in Britain, where he's expected to be joined by Pfizer CEO Alberta Borla. OK, who is, by the way, was honored by Israel just recently as for a Lifetime Achievement Award. And Israel has become the poster child for Pfizer, meaning Pfizer did an agreement with Israel back in January and to talk about how everyone should get jabinated and in return Israel gave Pfizer all that data to essentially make them a poster child. 
All right, so again, um, that's what you see here, all right? So we see right here that Biden is where government ends and where, <laughs> where government ends, where Pfizer begins, nobody knows. The government, our American tax dollars, $10 billion, probably more, 15 billion, a check is gonna be written to Pfizer under the rubric of we're helping these poor darkies all over the world. We gotta get them jabs. America's coming to help them, okay? But is that, um, is that called corporatism? It's called corruption. It's called well, corruption. corruption. That, that, that's a very sophisticated word. Okay. It's called corruption. All right. So I hope everyone gets this. Your tax dollars are being transferred from American taxpayers, which should be going into infrastructure, building roads, bridges, water systems to Pfizer. I hope everyone understands that. All right. Simple, simple, simple stuff. Okay. I'm not sure why the mainstream media or no one else is covering this because it's right in black and white. Now, this just came out. Let me go back to this. I got to move this around one second, Frank. Um, yeah, well, this is in the same article. So they created an organization called COVAX, which is from the WHO. And guess what they're going to deliver? Two billion doses. Two billion doses by the end of this year. Now, over a month ago, I did a deep analysis for everyone, and I shared with you the mathematics of this. If you remember, I did an Excel spreadsheet, and I said their goal is to get 2 billion doses out there, which means 30% of the people vaccinated, 30% of 7.1 billion people is 2 billion. The average price that all of the uh, pharmaceutical companies are charging is 40 bucks. They will get 50%, right? Goes through all the middlemen. The end manufacturers will get 20 bucks, 20 bucks, times 2 billion is $40 billion. Well, here you see, just two days ago, the numbers are coming out in black and white, 2 billion doses. That's their target. Frank, you used to do sales, right? Their sales goal is 2 billion doses, okay? This is why they're pushing the 70% vaccination, jabination rate. They're happy if they get to 30%, Frank. You know, you give your sales guys a high target and you're happy if you get 30%. That's what's going on. Now, now let's go to Pfizer. Now, this is the, so this morning, you know, just like I discovered my playbook, I had to follow the money. And I said, wow, I wonder if Biden got money from Pfizer. And everyone should Google this. All right. And it's funny because everyone have been, many people, many great, good people have been trained not to follow the money, but to simply get involved. Well, Biden, Sleepy Joe and Trump is you know, has brass balls and, or Trump is an idiot and Biden's great, right? They get into this left, right camp, just Google it, okay? Well, Trump got 61.8 million from unions, but guess what? I mean, this is Biden. Biden, listen very carefully, he also got $1 million for his contributions to his inauguration committee from Pfizer. Hope everyone sees that, all right? So Biden got $1 million to his inauguration committee from Pfizer. It's no small change. When I put this out there, people are saying, well, Trump doesn't need the money. And I'm, I'm going to get to Trump. Well, if he didn't need the money, why do you take it? Okay. If he's so, you know, and Frank, uh, wasn't Trump extremely frugal in how he ran his campaign? <laughs> uh, extremely. Yes. Very cheap. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, $1 million is a lot of money. Okay. Yep. But the inauguration committee of Biden took it. Now let's go to Trump, okay? 
Here's Trump. It's a wonderful article. Trump was out on the stump saying, you know, I don't want their money. I don't want their money. This was in 2016. I don't want their money. Well, and again, everyone needs to understand they create the dialectic. Trump, remember, most Trumpers, most people are anti-establishment, hate big pharma. So someone gives them the talking point. Go pound away pharma. You're not going to take money from them. Right? Sounds good, right? It's great marketing. But let's look at the reality. What actually happened? Well, the reality is this. Trump talked about that. But look at this. He actually took $386,000 in pharmaceutical donations. Center for Responsive Politics. But Trump actually got, after elected, after he talked about he's against Big Pharma, he too got a million dollars to his inauguration committee. Let me repeat that again to all the folks who probably do not want to accept the facts. Let me repeat that again. Trump also got $1 million to his inauguration committee as contributions from Pfizer, directly from Pfizer. So up until during his campaign, he was attacking Big Pharma, but he took their money in. Biden took 1 million bucks, Trump took 1 million bucks. Now. Let me share with you the facts and I'll take you to the original source so everyone can go check it for themselves because I think it's very important people go do the science. So what do we see here? Here is the Trump Inauguration Committee FEC filings right there. And if you go down here, what do we see right here? We see right there Pfizer, $1 million. Actually, there's another $447,000 that was also given, but the total that was given for the inauguration was $1 million. It's in black and white. If people have a problem seeing this, let me also take you to the original. Let me just stop here for a second. Let me uh, make this a little bit bigger. And I'm gonna share the original document that where I got this data from. And by the way, I just discovered this because I was just following the scientific method and saying, how is this possible? So if we go here to this PDF, which is the actual FEC documents. You see that, Frank? Yep. So that's the 58th. Let me just point it to everyone right here on Instagram. That's the 58th uh, presidential inaugural committee. Okay. And now let's look for Pfizer. Because, by the way, when this lists every, and there's Pfizer. You see that, Frank? Yes. There we go. Okay. There's Pfizer right there with the $1 million. So that's the original source document. So let me go back. And I'm also now gonna share with you the, let me share again my screen. I'm also gonna share with everyone the spreadsheet that you can actually find right on opensecrets.org, which is right here, which I downloaded. And right here we see Pfizer. You see that Frank? Right there. Yep. Okay. And you can see the million dollars that was given to, this is the Open Secrets Trump inauguration contributions, all right? Were there other pharmaceutical companies too, or just Pfizer? I, well, Dow Chemical, where there's Dow, give another million, okay? I didn't even look at that, all right? But you can see, these are the companies that gave to the inauguration committee. All right, I didn't even bother looking at that, Frank. Amgen, oh, that's another, another half a million. Wow, thanks for letting me know, Frank. <laughs> Amgen gave also another, uh, right there, half a million dollars. So Amgen, uh, Pfizer, and we also see Dow, Dow Chemicals, all right, which produces a lot of the chemicals. So I didn't even think about that. So let's bring this back to reality. 
So the reality is that you have politicians, they know Trumpers are well-meaning good people. Most Trumpers do not like Big Pharma. They're anti-establishment tribes. Wouldn't you say so, Frank? And so it's a great talking point to go out there and say, I'm against Big Pharma. I'm against Big Pharma. I'm not going to take their money. But then you take their money when it comes in, you take a million bucks. Now, some very foolish people who are in the cult were saying, well, that's not a lot of money for Trump. He's a billionaire. Really? Well, if that is the case, why did you take the money? Why did you create that condition for yourself? And the reality is this. Pharmaceutical companies are tanking. They need to be saved. And the way they got saved out of this was they got Operation Warp Speed. So Trump delivered them Operation Warp Speed. What is Operation Warp Speed? Operation Warp Speed means that 13 years of testing gets eliminated, okay? You don't have 13 years of testing anymore. You have nine months of quote unquote testing, fast tracking. So Trump did that for pharma. Forget even vax or anti-vax. This has nothing to do with vaccines or anti-vax. The R&D is is reduced and the uh, marketing is gone pretty much the, those expenses big time right yeah. now oh. forget even forget even the jab or the vaccines it has nothing let's let's even forget about that let's assume it was another industry let's say it was the airplane industry i think you know both i'm sure both biden and trump got boeing gave the money imagine how all of us would feel if they did operation airspeed for <laughs> For, for Boeing, right? They said, you don't need to do testing. You can put engines on. You can, you know, you know, airplanes take decades to get out there to the market. This reminds me of the Affordable Care Act under Obama, where the insurance companies all got rich basically off of this, you know, because everybody was a customer. Everyone became a customer, right? It's a very good point, Frank. So in this model, what we have is everyone became a customer is being, because government and big pharma is working so well together, we're all being forced to become customers. That's what Obama did. Yeah. He saved the big banks, which I talked about yesterday. Trump saved big pharma. So well, the, sure. bottom, the, sure. bottom, the bottom line is this. Trump got $1 million at least. There's another 47 we saw there. We, we just saw there's another two and a half million, right? That came from big pharma to his inauguration committee. Contributions for Trump inauguration Biden also got $1 million from Pfizer. I haven't checked out how much more Biden got, but it's clear Trump got at least, just quickly looking at a two and a half million from Big Pharma. And Biden, we know, at least got 1 million for his inaugural committee. So when you put all this together, stop creating this fake dialectics. Stop excusing politicians. Recognize that there's two worlds going on here. There's this one world of where politicians create the dialectic, wanting they can take anything to get you enraged about something. And that's the theater. And then over here is a reality. The reality is you have a major industry which has been tanking. And now the jab and the jabinations and the this product is their, is their uh, life raft out of this massive falling industry, massive falling revenue. Trump, who received donations, contributions for the inaugural committee, at least a 1 million from Pfizer. Biden also got that. So one guy teed it up and the other guy is, you know, bringing it, bringing the bacon home. That's all it is. So what I want to do is if people want to call in and we can discuss this, 
I'm going to put up the call-in number. Frank, we're going to take some calls if that's okay with you. I have about, I can only do a few calls tonight because I have my class to teach, um, but we can follow up with this. So I'm going to put the call-in number here. If people want to make a call, I'll recognize you. But, you know, we will have to have a discussion here. So anyone can call in if people can uh, see it there. No, I did not get vaccinated. Um, and by the way, Frank, Trump, the reality show he ran was what's called. He fired people, right? Yeah. That was the big thing he did. And I don't remember Fauci ever getting fired. Never okay. Fired. You know, you're fired. Well, Fauci is one of the biggest swamp creatures who also has been orchestrating all this. He never got fired. That was your hashtag, fire Fauci. Yeah, we had a hashtag fire Fauci is what we started. We're the ones who collected uh, hundreds of thousands of signatures, delivered it to the White House. Okay. So someone's asking, what is the alternative? Well, the alternative, the bottom line alternative is that we need to build our own independent movement. It's not going to come from political parties. So anyone interested in that, go to truthfreedomhealth.com. We have built a massive bottoms up movement. And that movement is to build a politically conscious working, uh, working movement all over the world of people who recognize that when you actually look at it, we're all being taken for a ride, left and right. And we have to move beyond left and right. And whatever passion you have at a point, there's a lot of Trumpers, as you know, Frank voted for Obama. I think you may have also, right? Or I, Frank, you know. I think yeah. I I think I abstained that year. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of people who did because Obama was the flavor of the month, right? And then Trump became the flavor of the month. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, uh, I'm gonna take uh, in the interest of time, I'm going to take four calls we got here, okay? Let me bring someone in. Hello, hello. Someone there? Hey, how are you doing? Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, good. So, uh, we have you live. Go ahead and t tell where you're from. Are you from New York? Uh, no, I'm actually, I live in Suffolk, uh, Virginia. Okay, go ahead. What's your question? Uh, all right, so I'm a Trump supporter. You know, I'm definitely like opening and listening to different opinions. And what I get is just like, and why did they push it so hard? Well, I understand like if they probably didn't come out with the vaccine, then we probably wouldn't have the economy open and everything like that. But why does he not like come out? If people are like getting blood clots, seizures, I've known people that a person is like, you know, white after she got the vaccine, why aren't, why isn't the FDA shutting this down? That's yeah. what I like to know. Yeah. It, so, so, so first of all, you have to understand, I gave a lot of money to Trump. You can look up, you know, I was out there with Frank supporting, I'm sure you were, and not just voting for him. I mean, we were out in the rain, right, Frank, putting up signs, always aligned with him for the last three years. Very. What's that, Frank? I mean, Pocahontas, I mean. Yeah, we, we, we're the ones who went after Pocahontas. So I think the important thing to understand is that um, there was, there's no question and anyone who knows me, how much loyalty I had, but I also have to connect the dots. Now, the, the, the question you bring up is a very important one. Look, forget it was the vaccine, just create another product. Like I said, airplanes, what was done here was essentially a corporate gift that was given, right? You basically told a, a major industry, you don't have to do any testing. We're going to reduce the timeline. And remember with the vaccines, you cannot sue vaccine manufacturers. You can sue pharmaceutical manufacturers, but you cannot sue vaccine manufacturers. So number one, you and I can't sue them. Number two, that industry, this industry is growing at a very low rate, uh, pharmaceuticals, vaccines are growing at 17% compounded annual growth. It's a great investment. 
You And the third thing is with Operation Warp Speed, there's no testing. So to answer your question, the bottom line is that politicians are puppets of huge corporations. You give them a million bucks for their inaugural contributions. Don't tell me that you don't owe them anything. You watch Trump and you watch Biden. Trump gave them Operation Warp Speed and Biden is writing out a check for them for $15 billion. It's black and white. So don't try to create this false dialectic between the Republicans or the Democrats or Trump or Biden. They're one. And you can see it play out here. It's in black and white. Thank he you. Only, he only used his, his own money during the primary. It was during the general is when he was taking major donations. Yeah. So let's take the next call. Hello, hello. Who do we have? Oh, yeah, I'm Chris. Um, how you doing, Dr. Shiva? Good. Can you talk louder so everyone can hear you? Where are you from? And and, and ask your question. Great to have you. Yes, I'm from New York City. Good. Yes, um, yeah, I'm a Trump supporter, and uh, I'm just listening to everything y'all saying, and um, and it's, it makes sense what y'all saying. I just was wondering, like, because, like you say, it was all theater, but he, like, exposed a lot of things, and then, I don't know, like, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so let's talk about that. Look, I never voted for anyone ever in my life. Mm -hmm. I was always a ground political activist. In 1984, I think I've shared with you, I saw how Jesse Jackson acted like, you know, he spoke all this stuff, right? Was acting all anti-establishment. And at the last minute, he sold us all out. He gave his votes to Mondale. And that's when I decided I'd never vote for any politician. You have to also remember, Trump and Jesse Jackson were part of the Reform Party. So the establishment is very clever. They always have people who talk a good game. You know, even sounds great, right? They even may expose stuff. That's the part of the game of keeping us attracted, okay? if you, I don't know if you ever saw WWE wrestling or WWF, it was called when I was growing up. Yeah, I was a big wrestling fan a long time. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, these guys, it's all fake. But once in a while, maybe they got the guy's nose bloody, okay? So it looked real, okay? And I'm just, and I'm just exactly like you. I've never voted a day in my life. Like, I really, like, believe, like, oh, I fell up, I'm drained the swamp, all this, right? Right. And, um... Me too. Now, these people are trying to say, and then with the vaccine thing, it, I, that's what started to have me thinking, like, yo, why is he pushing this stuff? It, 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 it's not even a vaccine. And then... Is this, but these, you know, the people you said the cue that these are from they saying that um, he he um, doing this because he wanted to stop the lockdown and expose them. But yeah. So, so what I'm saying is that just that you will let let people die. Yeah, that's just that's just dumb. Okay, that's just people rationalizing. Okay, you have to look at the facts as they are. The Q movement came right after two weeks after Trump and told everyone that Trump was a 17th or ninth, ninth dimensional playing chess, right? That we have to stop and just wait and wait and wait. And for four years, we waited. And that is not the way to be a, a, a good citizen. What happened, in my opinion, when you connect the dots again, I gave money to Trump, we supported him, we were loyal to him, we fought against many men. In fact, we fought against the rhinos. But the reality is when you apply the reality of system science. And you realize the establishment always has two arms, the left and the right. And in America, what's happened is the American working class has been, been getting devoured, been getting destroyed. There's 25% unemployment rate right now in the United States. The average- I agree with every, I, I, no, everything you say, it makes sense. It's just that, like you said, you, I mean, I've been listening to you for a while and I know you was um, a supporter and, and um, 
Like, I just really bought into it, like, because he really was never a politician. Now, what you saying with the Reform Party, I understand. Well, ne ne neither was Jesse Jackson wasn't a politician either, you know? Um, my, my point is, the establishment is very clever. They watch the movement of the American working class. The American working class was getting more and more and more upset. You know, they did that around Obama. They use a black guy then. Well, they quieted the American working class down for eight years. Then they brought in a white guy, Trump. But you got to look at the facts. The guy took in, a, you know, he said he's against big pharma. You took him. I mean, we just, I mean, I didn't even see this until Frank pointed it out. There's about Amgen, Dow, and also uh, Pfizer. I haven't looked through that whole report, but that's at least 2.5 million bucks. And if you're so, yeah, and, I mean, and yeah, like to see that too. yeah, it's, yeah. So you can go look it up. I'll put uh, the videos there. But the more important thing to understand is that why do people rationalize? Why are we begging for crumbs? And the reason this has happened is that we, many people have come to the point because there's been no movements in this country, people have gotten fat, dumb, and lazy that we have to build our own movement. Screw political parties. That's the lesson to be learned here. Sometimes it's good to get your eyes wide open and realize that the only way forward is to build a movement. And that is the only way that American working people have ever got anything. But thank you for your comments, okay? Oh, yes, yes. Be thank well, you thank you. Be well, thank you. I'm gonna take one more call, then I gotta I gotta go into my class shortly. So who do we got next? We have someone from six four seven three two eight. How are you? Hi, Yeah, good. How are you? Please uh tell us where you're from. I'm calling you from Toronto, Canada. Great to hear from you. Um good. I got a question to ask you. Are you a Republican or a Democrat? Well, you have to hear me. I have never been, uh, I never no, no, voted no, no. in my life. Yeah, let me give you my background. So I never voted in my life. No, so no, I know your background. I've been listening to I read, yeah, no, let me finish. Hold on, hold on. You have to behave just like a Democrat. What's that? Your behavior is identical to Democrat. No, it isn't. So, so let me, um, so uh, in, so I registered initially as an independent when and I and I voted for Trump. And then we registered as a Republican when we ran here in Massachusetts. And we ran against Elizabeth Warren. Frank, you remember that campaign, right? Only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. It was a very powerful campaign. That was that line was classic. That yeah, people can go look it up. So if, if the previous caller wants to go do some research, you should go do that. Um, and then we ran again as a Republican here, okay? And our lawsuit is a lawsuit that is exposed, first was to expose election fraud in the country. And in, in fact, our entire campaign as a Republican, even though the Massachusetts GOP were a bunch of scumbags who found a designated loser because in Massachusetts, the Massachusetts GOP colludes with the Democrats. So that's what, that's what took place. And by the way, I don't think this caller is actually from he used a some weird calling number. He said he was from Toronto. But uh, the bottom line is that I have never supported the Democratic Party. In fact, you go look at the history of my thing. I've been the one who's ripping the Democrats. We're the ones who exposed Jesse Jackson. We exposed Al Sharpton. We exposed Bernie Sanders. That's on the left. But now we have to unfortunately do the dirty work. You know, it's a dark skinned Indian guy who's got to do the dirty work of exposing the right wing also, which misleads working people. So the bottom line is this, do we want to build a real movement to win or do we want to be followers or one wing or the other wing of these parties? 
And if we want to do that, you're in the shit show over here called WWF Wrestling. And the reality that you see here is both Biden and both Trump took money from the man because both of them are puppets. Ultimately, Trump, who claimed he had brass balls, didn't lock up Hillary. He didn't, you know, uh, snuff out Fauci, which he, which he said, you know, you're fired. Nothing happened to Fauci. And he's the one who told people to walk to the Capitol. And working people are now in jail, not Hillary. So it's time to open up our eyes and recognize we need to build a bottoms up movement, screw both parties, and it has to be local. So anyway, I hope this is valuable. I got to get to my class. Um, so I hope everyone uh, goes to truthfreedomhealth.com. And let me put that up there and recognize that we need to build a bottoms up movement. And that movement must be based on whether we want to get educated or do we want to be enslaved? And that's what it's ultimately about. If we want to be enslaved, then keep playing in the shit show of the Democrats and Republicans. If you want to uh, come out of that, which is what we're going to do, regardless of what both of these parties do, but we're going to build a vibrant bottoms up movement. Number one, educating people on the fact that both of these parties, no matter what rhetoric they use, it's entertainment at that point in time. And that's what Trump was. He was entertainment to bring us back into the fold. And for four years, we all followed the plan, right? Waiting, waiting, waiting. And at the end of the day, the big elephant in the room is one of the largest industries, which was tanking, got saved by two guys, Trump and Biden, who both got a million dollars in contributions to their campaign, specifically to their inauguration committees. Frank, you got anything else to say? No, I was just thinking you had some out-of-state callers there that... Uh maybe they don't realize that here in Massachusetts, both parties are essentially the same. The mass GOP is merely an arm of the mass Democrat party. It's, I mean, it's, it's kind of unique in the state. It might be a microcosm for the country, but we have it really bad here. And uh, as you said, we fought the Republican as Republicans, we fought the Republican party just as hard as the Democrats. I mean, they, they clearly helped keep the Democrat incumbents in place by squashing you who would have beaten them twice would have beaten the incumbent Democrat U.S. senators. Yeah. And I think the important thing to understand is we, our campaign has the only two lawsuits in federal court that are survived dismissal. And nobody's talking about it. And no one's talking about it. Right. Why? Because they are real lawsuits. Yes. All the, the 300 million that the Trump campaign, the RNC raised, many of you gave money to them. Where is that money? All those lawsuits have failed. And I read those lawsuits, they were horribly written. I, as a non-lawyer, have two lawsuits which are both about to make history. You can go to winbackfreedom.com. One lawsuit is we've exposed the fact that government election officials did not like me exposing their malfeasance. They contacted Twitter to throw me out. That was the grossest violation of political speech in the First Amendment. That lawsuit is a lie. All of you who gave money to Trump, you should ask for your money back if you're serious about fighting. And you should take that money and give it to winbackfreedom.com because we're actually fighting the real fight. And then the other lawsuit we have is one person, one vote in federal court, which has survived dismissal. So let's get with the real program and stop being dilettantes and screwing around over here with either of these characters. You can call Demento, what is it, Biden? He's demented or Trump with the brass balls. That's the WWF wrestling. Well, he doesn't have that big brass balls. Because he really did nothing to Fauci. Right. So that's the reality. So it's time to wake the fuck up.
Thank you. Thanks, Frank. Thanks. Good night. You're welcome. Good night. Good night, everyone.